Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, hosted by Concept3D. On this podcast, we discuss higher ed marketing topics around creating and capturing demand. Before we jump in, we do have a quick message from our sponsors at Concept3D. Concept3D's purpose is to foster connections through technology, elevating the way businesses connect with their community by leveraging the power of events and location. If your school needs an updated interactive map, virtual tour, or centralized events calendar, please reach out to concept3d.com. Thank you. All right, so let me introduce myself. My name is Shiro Tori, and I will be your host today. And today, I'm very, very excited to introduce our guest speaker, he is the Director of Digital Strategy in the Division of Professional Studies at UMBC. He's leading a team working across departments and different units and piloting many new technologies and strategies. Please welcome Elliot Talbert Goldstein. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I love to open up with this question on every episode. What do you love about higher ed, Elliot? Uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a tough question, but put your, put your uh, people on the spot. But I really enjoy it. I think there's a lot of um, great opportunities, no matter what school, college, or university you're working at, um, to give people the resources that they need. Whether it's they're taking degrees because it's the most interesting thing to them, or they're looking for career advancement, um, or they're trying to solve a problem in their field, their industry, or their community. Um, and so there's always a, a great challenge in making sure you're delivering those effectively. And um, you get to connect with a lot of really smart people, both students and um, faculty and other administrators and marketers. Um, so bringing all those people together to really deliver education and higher education is, is just really exciting for me. That's fantastic. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background, roles, responsibilities? Sure. Um, so I work in, like we mentioned, the Division of Professional Studies, um, which is kind of a unique, like, cutting-edge division in the university, which is um, tasked with creating new programs um, and new ideas um, that are at the forefront of, of higher education, um, but also connecting with the community, with uh, lifelong learners, um, and creating extension programs for non-traditional professional graduate transfer students, um, and so those programs are rolled out um, in order to serve a specific need um, with help from the state and from other programs in the university. And then based on those, what we learn, will that, that can inform other program development, um, updates to majors and minors and, and other degrees. And we do the same thing in the marketing team as well um, because these are new programs and new, um, just new concepts that the community and the country and the world may not be familiar with, we need to promote them. Um, it's not your typical major or minor, so um, people don't always know to look here for them. So in marketing, we have to come up with new ideas and, and really be cutting edge um, in order to promote them, uh, promote all this great work that our colleagues are doing uh, in order to draw uh, students. And so based on those marketing skills, just like what our programs do, we bring that back to our communications teams at the rest of the university to help them um, uh, improve their skills and, and tap into some of the knowledge that we've created. 
It's amazing. I, I know you sort of already answered this question I'm about to ask around what makes UMBC and your division specifically unique. Uh, maybe what would help for me to understand is how how would how would your division at another school look like? What what makes it unique? You know, if if you've seen divisions like yours, or maybe they yeah. don't really exist in the same manner. Sure. Um, so a lot of the kind of analogous departments at other universities are the extension schools or the online programs. Um, professional and adult education is um, also kind of an area. And we have a lot of similarities. Um, we um, want to make sure that we're delivering um, really crucial programs to um, career changers, um, people looking for specific fields um, in advancement, and new kind of, um, I would say, contemporary and modern um, degrees and programs that um, that may that aren't people aren't familiar with it. They don't may not know that they need or may be useful in their field. So if you think about a sociology degree, you know, sociology is, you know, a century and a half old, you know, two centuries old or something. So those degrees mm-hmm. have been around for a while. But what about subsequent things? What else do people need? What's new? So um, programs of ours like community leadership, um, entrepreneurship, um, and like uh, technical management, they all tap into ideas from organizational behavior or learning. Um, and technology, stuff that, you know, has been evolving over the years in order to give people really critical skills that they can kind of learn in the classroom or online and then bring into work the next day. And while I think our colleagues are doing that, we also have a lot of this community focus and a really um, regional focus just being near D.C. and Baltimore where we have a lot of federal agencies. Um, So we're really connected with them um, in designing programs for the needs of the community along with those companies. Uh, and I'm not sure that every every I'm not sure that everybody can say that. So it's really cool, um, right. in Baltimore and DC and stuff like that. That's amazing. So it looks like you're very involved with the communities. What I'm hearing, and that's one one unique identifier about UMBC and your division. And if I remember correctly, the the majority focus isn't online, right? With your division, it's that's right. Um, yeah, most of ours are in person or hybrid classes. Um, we do have some online um, programs, um, and so it just depends on what you're looking for. Um, but you know the community aspect, and that you know that also is networking. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to go to every football. You don't have a football right. game, every basketball <laughs> game, um, but you know right. you will connect with your classmates, um, and they probably work in a field similar to you or are looking for uh, jobs similar to yours, or you might people meet people who have jobs. Um, that you're looking for, um, so it's a great opportunity to connect with them um, in person and face to face. It's amazing. And I, I just wanted to ask a very like level setting question here: uh, what what are non traditional students and professional graduate students, and why are they an important demographic? Sure. Um, so it's funny because the term non traditional is even starting to become. Um, out of date because so many right. students do not are not just the four year college degree right. So many um, like young people uh, do not just graduate from high school, go to college for four years, graduate, and get a job. They may take a gap year. Uh, they may go to community college nearby to save money and stay close to home. Um, they may find better programs or maybe somewhat more indecisive about what they want to do. They may be um, interested in focusing on community. They may be returning students, so maybe you started a degree a few years ago and you need to come back. So the the number of what they used to call non-traditional compared to traditional students 
that that ratio has, has changed quite a lot. Um, <laughs> and then there's a lot of lifelong, you know, what they call lifelong learners sometimes, um, but also people who want to change or adjust their career. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and people may need additional credentials. So those professional graduate students, you know, that's a big demographic. People who have entered a field five, ten years and realize they either need an advanced degree or they want to change careers. Um, and so we've built programs meant to um, be, help them with that career change process, both from, you know, transitioning from being a working professional to being a working professional and student, and then what you do with that degree afterwards. How do you apply that to your your career? That's amazing. And, and so, like, you know, maybe I'm someone who graduated 10 years ago and I got a degree in arts and science and, you know, I have a family now, but I want to go back to school. That would categorize me more as a lifelong learner or professional graduate student. Yeah. Um, and lifelong learners is a term they use for people that want to come just take classes for the rest right. of their lives. Um, but now it means so much more. Your your degree, the micro-credentials, you might want to change. Um, a lot of people end up in fields they didn't realize. You know, we can talk about a colleague of mine who was a theater major and ended up in IT. Um, we can talk about people who um, started in technical fields but decided they wanted to get into more management um, or um, community-based work. And mm -hmm. they can use those skills that they've learned in all those places, um, but they may need some additional upskilling in order to understand how they do it and make the connections that can that can help them um, figure out how to, how to really apply it. It's interesting. And so even within your division and the students who are part of it, like I, I'm, I'm hearing there's a couple different segments or groups of people how do you how do you go about marketing to students in your division yeah so we really take a very personalized approach um, we know that everybody we talk to is going to look very different from um, a, another person so we're as personalized as possible um, it takes a lot of extra work but the kind of user first the the audience first perspective um, is really the most important thing. Um, it definitely means some extra hours, but um, the ability to make sure that we're giving you the information you need. So um, somebody who's looking at, um, you know, a degree in um, engineering management is going to look very different from somebody who's looking at a degree in uh, biotechnology, right? They could have some overlap and there are some similar pathways, but we want to make sure that we're not sending you information you don't need. Um, prospective undergraduate students who, who are returning to finish their master's or are transferring from a community college, they have a different set of requirements. Applying to grad school right. is very different from applying to undergrad or transferring to undergrad. Um, so we need to make sure we provide a lot of that information and, and give it to you in an easy-to-understand format. Um, otherwise, it can be really overwhelming, um, and you can just get lost. And you may not, simply because it wasn't communicated well, you may just never come back to study because it was too confusing or too difficult. So we really need to personalize it, get people to get in touch um, with us so that they can start talking about how to approach this because it is complicated, but um, we want to make it as easy as possible. Definitely. And I, I know in our intro conversation, you mentioned sort of like your big three steps you take when you're you know looking at a generic audience or very specific as well. Do, do you want to share that with our audience as well? Sure. Um, so based on some, some great research uh, from our colleagues, um, you know, we, we really try and approach things, approach three, three ways to approach things, approach our prospective students. 
Um, we want to capture the attention of undecided students. They could be undecided about going back to university, or they could be undecided about UMBC. But we want to make sure that you're, you're looking at us and you're looking at um, programs that are relevant for your needs. Um, you know, I guess if you've started to look for a degree, then there, there might be something that's, that's there for you and you may not be aware of it. Um, again, a lot of people just think, oh, I have to go back and do a major or, oh, I need to, you know, go take the, the standardized exams or, oh, my grades weren't great before. Well, come talk to us. You know, we want to get your attention so that we can talk to you about what those things mean and, and how, what might be the right path for you. Even if it's not with us, you can get a lot of great information. The faculty and um, administrative staff can all help you. The second thing that we want to do is make your transition as easy as possible. And like I said before, that's both the transition to UMBC as a student or a working student and the transition out of UMBC into your career or whatever your next steps are. Um, so that means uh, making sure the class schedules make sense to you, making sure that your forms and documentation and financials are on all in place. And then when you're done, connecting you with the people that you need um, and making sure that, you know, you can put your new degree on your, on your LinkedIn profile and describe what you did in your resume. And then the last thing is we, we need to prove that this is all real, you know, so we use social proof <laughs> and student stories. Faculty stories also, but the student stories really go above and beyond. We have so many people from all walks of life, so we're always just putting out there the quotes, the podcasts, the videos. Um, just if you're curious about what you can do in, in higher education, um, as, a, as a student, whether at UMBC or somewhere else, I really recommend our content. It just goes everything from, from young people who just graduated from college to people who are out of, the, you know, out of school for a long time to people who knew exactly what they wanted and exactly what degree was going to get them there and found us um, and knew that that was the right, the right path. So whether you're a little unsure or you're very, very secure in your decision, right. the, the, this material can really push you. The, the proof of that is there. Right. I, I think my, my opinion is that the steps two and three are very, um, I think, aligned with your demographic of non-traditional students and professional graduate students because, you know, they're like, you know, making the transition easy. Like I, I don't assume sometimes they have families or, you know, their, their life might be a little more complicated compared to a traditional student right out of high school. Right. I feel like that's very important, very specific to your audience, and and obviously social proof and showing value. That's if you're an adult, like you need you need outcomes, right? You're not doing it just for yeah um, social reasons or for um, for you have a mission that you want to accomplish when you come into this. So I, I feel like those are really really specific and important to uh, to your division and what yeah. you're doing at UMBC. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the example of um, students who may be caregivers, whether you're an undergrad or grad student, um, you might need to take care of somebody in your family or extended family. And the traditional, you know, four uh, classes per semester or whatever, 12 credits, 15 credits just isn't going to fly. Um, you might have a job in addition to being a caregiver. Right. And, um, we have, you know, that is so common and it's just not something that comes, you don't see people putting that on the front page of their website very often. Right. Um, but at UMBC, we have resources um, to help to help deal with that. Um, and, you know, we, we know that there are people that are coming here in, the, in that situation and so many others. And we want to make sure that um, you can you can deal with this change and that at, at the end of it, you're going to be able to um, take advantage of the degree to, to help make your life 
even better, whether it's changing to a better job that can help you afford things um, more easily or just a job that's more flexible in order to, to give you that space. Love it. And I know you mentioned you started a podcast as well. I'm just curious, obviously, we're recording a podcast right now. Like, you know, what, what made you want to start it and, you know, how's that been going for you? Yeah. Um, so for years, we've been doing YouTube videos and we have um, just really great um, experience explanations and, and talks and bullet points and data on our programs, but we realized we wanted a longer format to explain this stuff. It is really hard to explain a college degree and a college career, graduate or undergraduate. It's really hard to do in a two-minute YouTube video. Um, so right. we really wanted to work in with the podcast format, which is you know obviously huge, to let people listen. And you don't have to be pursuing a degree to listen to this. We have great interviews with um, professionals in every field, um, biotech, you know, um, managers, uh, community member, like uh, nonprofit organizations, just a zillion things that are that are really interesting. Um, and we've been able to really make sure if you're interested in one of these topics or you want to know more about what your career could look like, it's there. But if you like hearing about just what do professionals do in other fields, that's a great place to, to go. And we have interviews with professionals in the field that are just affiliated with UMBC because they work with our programs. We have interviews with faculty, and we have, of course, interviews with students. Um, so there's a really a lot of diversity there, and it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and we'll be giving a talk at that, about that soon, connecting that to um, connecting the podcast both, both to how we engage with um, prospective students through the podcast, mm. but also how we bring all these people together to talk about the amazing work that they do. It's not always going to make it in the newspaper. It's not always going to make it in the UMBC news. So we want to give them an opportunity to talk about it. Um, and it's it's been really cool. There's a lot of really, really cool um, interviews. That's amazing. And, you know, of, of all these three steps, like, you know, do, do all the responsibilities fall in the hands of uh, your team? Or do you, are you working collaboratively with admissions and advisors and faculty as well? Oh, it's total, so many stakeholders, you know, right. um, which program um, has, you know, a new faculty member that's got something to say, which program has a student that just, you know, totally excelled and, or which program has a student that just is the, a great example of somebody that fits in at UMBC, whether they were here just because they wanted a, you know, quick promotion or they were, you know, um, they, they really took advantage of everything we had to offer and they're, you know, one of those people we would put on a billboard. You know, it, no matter what you know what you've done here, it, if you've got a story to tell, we want to we want to hear about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, people just say, "Oh, that person was great." I got an email from a from a colleague just about something work related, and I saw in the in her email signature she was one of our former students. We put mm -hmm. her on the podcast, you know, invited her into the podcast. Right? We didn't even know she was there. She graduated a few years ago. Didn't make it, you know, we didn't make the connection, but now we can talk about. Um, we can have her talk about it, what she, about what she did and, and why she, you know, decided on that program. Um, so, yeah, it's it's always like kind of, I wouldn't say all hands on deck, but it's a real team effort from everybody. Um, collegial is the way to put it, right? Everybody's thinking about this. Like, okay, right. let me tell that story now. It's amazing. So you're aligning on the vocabulary and the, the steps, the, the strategy together across the different units and departments, and it's helping you sort of, you know, come together collegial um, yeah. in, in your in overall strategy. Absolutely. Love it. 
So let's talk results. I love talking results. I know, you know, you mentioned you've seen some growth. I think you, you outlined 20% growth year over year. I don't know the, the specific dates, but, you know, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about like how, how you got there? I know all the things you just talked about were a part of it, but um, I think it's amazing that you, you've seen these results. And so um, in, in, a, in a world right now where enrollment cliffs and all these conversations are going on. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so this was roughly from 2017 to 2019, um, where we just we had had a big growth in the number of programs. And the numbers, like you said, that was around that time, and we have many more programs now, so they look very different. But at the time, we had had some growth in um, the number of programs we had, um, and we wanted to make sure that we were taking advantage of all the opportunities that were available to us mm-hmm. when um, kind of expanding the website and expanding the marketing opportunities marketing channels and messages. So um, we took a look at our, our some of our like advertising, like just on Google to make sure that every keyword met a certain threshold. You know, we wanted to make sure that the website was optimized for the keywords that people were searching for. So if we take our cybersecurity degree, you know, not every search on Google about cybersecurity is gonna be somebody who's looking for a master's degree in cybersecurity, right? Perfect. They might be mm-hmm. concerned about the news. They might be thinking about international relations. They might be thinking about a particular regulation or, a, you know, um, their own home security. Um, so what we really had to do is prune all those words to make sure anytime somebody, you know, our information came up, we weren't spending money on um, an ad that was going to appear for somebody that wasn't relevant. Um, and that just helped really focus our advertising on people that, that were really interested in our degrees. Another thing we did is um, really structure all of our content, videos, blog. We didn't have a podcast at the time, but this fed into that later. Um, But our blog and our videos um, and our social media posts, we wanted to make sure that every single one um, supported those three goals we talked about earlier, getting attention, students, making their transition easier, and giving social proof. Um, Every single thing we had to create had to meet that. And if it didn't, then why were we making it? Um, and then once people got, came across our content and they came to our website, um, and that could be through, oh, and emails included, so email, blog, social, video, um, people might read 10 emails before they even, you know, the second time they visit your website, or they might see 10 social posts. Um, at one point, I think it was 48 different touch points before they actually, you know, inquire with you, right? So wow. I need to make sure, right. So I need to make sure that, you know, we're out there and everything kind of drives you to take an action. Um, so once you get to the website, I made it as, we made it as easy as possible for you to, to raise your hand, to fill out a form and say, hey, I'm, I think I'm interested. Um, and we're not going to bombard you with information, but we will follow up with you and we'll provide you with content that you may not have seen yet. You might have been on your YouTube, on our YouTube, but you may not have seen our Instagram. Uh, you might... Um, have heard about us from a friend and, and kind of now you visited the website, but our emails will show you the YouTube videos. Um, maybe you started that YouTube video and you didn't finish it and we send you that email and now you're reminded. So once you've been on there and then we make it as easy as possible for you to reply, make sure that our staff are reaching out. Um, so the idea was to push people to really kind of let us know that they might be interested so that we can talk to you about how to make this you know fit, how to make this work for you. And that, that was very effective. It, it really, all, all the programs we had saw a great um, bump in the number of inquiries and the number of students um, that were attending. And we had a nice run. Um, and that set the stage for, 
you know, having all that in place, all those processes, that set the stage for 2020 when uh, things went awry <laughs> and right. we really had to rethink what we were doing, but we had this great foundation and, and that was huge. And now we're going back and looking at the last three years um, to see what was effective and what wasn't and what's changed um, and what we need to do to keep that growth going. That's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Always, always love talking numbers and results. So that's, that's huge. I'm, I'm wondering just super high level question. Where do you think the trend of the, the student demographic you're currently marketing to, which is the non-traditional and professional graduate student, um, plus some other uh, segments as well that are included in there. But where do you think that it's going directionally? Is this going to be a, an increasing like, uh, student demographic in the future? Like I know I've heard a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of students dropped out during COVID and a lot of, you know, like you said, a lot of lifelong learners are coming back to school. Like, where do you think the direction is going? Yeah, so there's, like, two things that we talk about. One is, like, we talked about, you know, non-traditional, whatever that means at this point. Um, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of differences in what in what students are looking for. What they, we know they'll be looking for is a return on their investment. What are they going to get out of this degree? Um, if they've made any decision, like you mentioned, to drop out or take a break for some amount of time, Right. That's going to bring them back. If they are affected by um, what is currently, you know, a bit of an economic downturn, um, you know, what is, is there a degree that's going to help them um, refocus? And then there's another big shift in that's how people look for degrees. So um, right now we're already at like 20 or 25 percent of our even graduate students are now Gen Z. So Gen Z has graduated college. Um, in wow, many that's cases. crazy to think yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, and they're already in grad school. Um, so we need to yeah, make sure right. that we're yep. addressing their their needs, both in terms of the degrees, right. but also in terms of how they're shopping for them. Right? They're used to Amazon, um, and millennials are too. So if millennials are coming back for a degree, they're, I think millennials are currently about 60% of the, the market. They may be looking at grad school now, having been born, you know, 40 years ago and between 40 and 25 years ago, 27, 28 probably, um, right. they are thinking about, um, they are thinking about, okay, well, if I'm going to go to school, what am I, go back to school for graduate degrees or turn to a bachelor's, what am I going to get out of it? Um, and now we're, you know, millennials are also used to shopping this way. So we need to make sure you're give, we're giving them and all of these people the information that they need in order to make an informed decision. Um, so it's both that kind of, okay, what is the demographic of the modern student? What are the things that they're looking for in the degree? And how are they looking for it? Are they shopping on TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat? Um, are they getting information from colleagues? Are they looking at their email at all? Um, do you want text messages? You know, it's, you ask one person, do you want to get text messages from, a, from somebody trying to recruit you? No. You ask another person, yeah, absolutely. Like, I got to remember all the deadlines. So all that stuff kind of factors into how do we create these degrees and then how do we make sure people, you know, find them. Got it. Thank you. That's, that's a great share. Well, you know, it was so awesome to have you on today. Thank you so much for all your insight and all your knowledge sharing and number sharing as well. I was wondering sure. where our listeners could connect with you. And I know you said you have a speaking engagement coming up as well, if you'd like to share that as well. Sure. So um, in April, I'll be at the um, UPSIA conference, which stands for um, 
it's a professional continuing, um, professional continuing and extended um, education conference. If you're in higher ed, um, if you're in technology or nonprofits, I'll be at the nonprofit technology conference in Denver next month, also or April. Both of those um, coming up, and you can also find me on LinkedIn or just hanging around DC and Baltimore. That's awesome. Thank you so much again, and thanks for our listeners. And of course, if you need an interactive map, event solution, virtual tour, or events calendar, please reach out to concept3d.com. Thank you so much, Elliot. It was so great to have you on. Thanks, Zero.